and welcome to Talking Business with me, Danny Pardo. In these interviews, we'll be exploring employability insights, career advice, educational experiences, life stories and more from a wide variety of people in a wide variety of industries with the ultimate aim of helping you to make decisions about your studies and your career. If you like what you hear, please do rate, review, share and subscribe to this podcast. It's all very much appreciated. So here we go. Let's talk business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talking Business with me, Danny Pardo. On this episode, we are chatting with Rebecca, who's recently graduated in accounting and finance and also working in the industry already. And she's got a ton of advice for you if you're looking at making accounting and finance a university option for you or to make a career out of it. So without further ado, let's go. Let's talk business with Rebecca. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talking Business with me, Danny Pardo. We've got Rebecca here with us today. Hello, Rebecca. How are you doing over there? Hiya, I'm doing very good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. And thank you, as I just said before we hit record, for joining me. Appreciate it. Um, We're going to talk about a variety of things, accounting and finance, and your journey so far with regards to that. But I don't want to steal any of your thunder or any of your lines. So, um, straight to you then, who is Rebecca? Oh, good question. Um, (laughs) Not 100% sure yet. Um, No, I'm Rebecca. I am 22. I'm a recent graduate and I am from Birmingham. Um, I do work for LVMH in London, however, though. Um, Yeah, I think. That's you then. Awesome. Okay. So you're in Birmingham at the moment, I presume? Yeah. Currently, I am working from home. In two weeks, I'll be back up to London, though. Um, but right now, yeah, I'm just at home. Right, still in Birmingham. Okay, then. So while we're both uh, in the Midlands here tonight, then, uh, for this recording um, and this uh, episode of our podcast here. Um, so you are an accountant and finance graduate, I believe. Is that right? Yep. Awesome. Very recently, just um, last month, actually. Oh, wow, that is recently. So have, have you done all the, the ceremony and all that fun stuff yet? Yes, about two weeks ago or a week ago, was it? Um, we actually managed to have an in-person one, which was really nice, given the situation. Um, I've got some photos taken. They didn't let family in the photos, but um, they did individual ones. And two people could come and watch, um, which was nice. My mum and my sister came. It was really lovely, yeah. Oh, great. A bit more like how it used to be, where you, everybody gets to celebrate and share in you know, your hard work and successes. So, so that's brilliant. So we'll get back to that point in, in a little bit. But before we get to how you became an accountant and finance graduate, let's go back to when you were, say, 16, GCSE time. Um, did you think, OK, in five or six years, I am going to be an accounting and finance graduate? Was that the goal when you'll say year 10, year 11? If I'm being honest, I know it sounds very boring, but it definitely was. Um, I did always, (laughs) I I always kind of had an interest in it. So yeah, definitely. Awesome. And so when you're 16, you finish your GCSEs, you make the decision to go to college uh, or sixth form, Mm -hmm. wherever it is that you went. What did you study when you were at college uh, or sixth form? Oh, um, I actually did statistics, which was my favourite A-level, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I did law as well, which was very interesting, and business. Right. So you didn't do accounting and finance at A-level? They actually didn't offer it at the um, college that I did apply for, um, and the other one was a bit far out, if I'm being truly honest. That's so um, <laughs> I, I would have if I could have, but um, 
No, but I, I would definitely say I love statistics yeah. and I kind of, that was my favourite one. Yeah. Okay. So we go to college. Uh, firstly, as well, thank you for your honesty. Let's keep that rolling. Um, so you go to college, you do your A-levels and then you make the decision to go to university. Was there ever a toss up between apprenticeships or university or is it always the university route that you were thinking um, while you were at college? I think it was always definitely university for me, but I did always have part-time jobs. Um, so during my first year of university, and um, just before I started that, I did get a job at Lloyds Bank. So it kind of gave me the best of both worlds because I definitely did want to get out there, um, but I did also want to study. So I think a part-time job is a great way to do that. And that part-time job then at Lloyds Bank, uh, obviously, you know, they're pretty tricky to come by. But in terms of work experience and, and doing that, how much did that help you set your mind right that this is an industry I want to be around, I want to be in? Um, how important was that part-time job that you had? I honestly think it's invaluable. Not only do you actually get to be in the real working world um, and kind of see where you could be in a few years, and make really good contacts, it also looks absolutely amazing on your CV. Um, I do think it really did help me get a job in future and I couldn't recommend it enough. Yeah, I, I thought that having a quick nosy through your LinkedIn profile, which is what we all do, Myers, you know, we said we're <laughs> going to be honest, didn't we? You know, ha having a look and you go, wow, this person's worked at, at Lloyd's Bank and it has that, that name to it, doesn't it? And it's one of your first jobs that you did. Um, and now when you combine that with your degree, that, that's a nice thing to have on your CV. So you go through university then and you've got that part-time job. Were you working all the way through university or was it um, yeah. just for the start? Um, so for two years, I worked part-time at Lloyds Bank for the first two years of uni. I think I worked, um, oh, I can't remember now, probably equivalent to two days a week or maybe three days in second year, I think. Um, but yeah, it was a decent amount. But then I did decide, actually, I don't think this is on my LinkedIn, so I thought I would mention it. Um, but I did take a placement year, um, okay. which I was, it wasn't offered on my course, but I just really wanted to do it. So I asked my university if it'd be okay. Um, they're completely fine with it. So I did take a placement year. And that's when I did my internship with Gap in VAT. And I also got the job at LVMH originally during that year. Wow. Okay. So the, the placement year then, what was it that changed your mind then? Because we've had it, I spoke to a few people about placement years and they've always said that they are absolutely invaluable. And it's one of the things, one of the few things I regret that I didn't do one myself. Um, so what did that placement year give you? I presume that was between years two and three of your degree? Yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, I used to always be really worried about the idea of taking a placement year because I thought I'm going to be a year behind everyone else. And that really did worry me. So I never thought I would ever take one. And it wasn't even offered on my course. But um, about probably a month within finishing second year, I thought I really want to do it. A few of my friends actually, I'll be honest, my best friend, she decided to take a placement year. And she actually did it in Madrid. And it was kind of like this amazing idea. And I thought, actually, you know what? No, I would like to do something like that. And I didn't quite go Madrid, but... Um, I did take the placement year and I've got to say it really changes your perspective. I think you come back ready more than ever to actually take your studies a lot more seriously. Um, so I think when I was in second year, I didn't really have that drive that I did when I came back. So I think it made a massive difference. 
and did you feel so i suppose then when you came back in in third year then you were mixed with classes of people who had done placement years and people who had gone straight through um did you feel any difference between you in that I did really miss my friends. I did see all of them graduate, which was a big thing for me. But honestly, I met some amazing people. Um, I met an amazing um, group for a few group work projects. And we actually got some of the highest scores um, in our module. Um, and there were honestly amazing people that I never would have came across had I not taken a placement year. So in that way, I think that you'll always make new friends and you'll always meet new people. So yeah. it's really good. Yeah, I guess it mixes it up, doesn't it, a little bit? You go through the yeah. same people and then you come back and you've got that extra bit of confidence and things that go with it. So um, going back to your course, then, is it predominantly male or female? Is there an even split um, between accounting and finance? I would honestly say there's quite an even split. I would say there was definitely a good amount of girls and guys on the course. So, okay, so you you go through, you do your placement year, you come back, you do third year. Um, I hope you don't mind saying this. What final grade did you get on your degree? I got a first, so I don't mind saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you would. Um, so, well, that's that's amazing. So how do you get a first on your degree because that's higher than what I got I'm not telling anybody although it's probably on my LinkedIn <laughs> so you can have a look um so how do you get a, a first class degree um when things are so difficult and there's so many competitors and you're working as well and you're taking gap years and, and all that how how on earth do you do that I'll be quite honest it was a big struggle for my third year I would say because I was working four days a week at LVMH which was a lot more than I was used to um, but I really did just make that extra commitment I honestly went to university on weekends I know that sounds crazy but I did find the major reason that I didn't mind doing that was because I actually really liked my course and I actually was really happy to learn about it so I think the main thing for me is that I actually really liked it. If I did not enjoy it, it would have been, I don't think I would have got the grade I got, mm. to be honest, especially with so much going on. I do think it's so important. You have to have that social time. You have to be able to have a life as well. Yeah. Um, but if you do like something, it doesn't feel so tedious. Yeah. So, yeah. Did, did you get lucky in choosing the right course or did you do a lot of research? Did you go to open days? Did you speak to people? How, how, do you, how did you get so fortunate that you were on the right course? I'll be honest, I didn't go to any open days. I was really bad for things like that in the past. Um, it was quite last minute. I would say I've changed in that aspect. But um, I definitely did do my research on my own, though. I did always used to kind of um, read, you know, you know, websites like Glassdoor, where they kind mm -hmm. of review workplaces. Um, I did definitely look at that. And I just did prefer the numerical side of things, um, which did help as well, I think. So if you kind of see what subjects you like at school and at A-level, it kind of gives you a better idea. I would say A-level is perfect because you can kind of pick three areas because um, I had statistics or in business. And had I enjoyed law the most, maybe I would have taken that route. So I think that's a really good time. Yeah. And then for your degree, then, so you, you got the first class degree, I'm going to guess that not everybody on your course did. What things should people avoid if, because um, you said your work ethic is obviously there, you're working, um, well, you said you, officially it's part time, but four days a week sounds very full time to me. But what should we avoid then if we're aiming for those higher grades? What are some of the mistakes that you maybe saw other people make or you've heard about other people making to really make sure that you can get the highest grade that you're capable of? 
Um, I'll be honest, I will actually um, recommend something that I myself wish I had done because it made my life so much harder in third year. Really try hard in second year because in most degrees, second year does count for a small percentage. It does count 25%, some courses maybe 15%. And you don't think much of it at the time, and I really didn't. But it actually does mean so much and it can kind of help you out in third year when you are a lot more stressed because it can bring up your grade rather than you having to pull it up in third year and do have that extra pressure. So I would definitely say take second year just as seriously um, and ideally pick something you love. Yeah, yeah. Picking something you love. That's yeah. I've heard a lot of people say that and people say it's cliche and we've heard it all before, but the more people say it, the more it resonates with me as well. And you're obviously still loving it because you're still working in the industry. Um, so you've mentioned LBMH a few times and working down in London physically soon. Um, what's LBMH then? So what were you doing in those four days a week while you were also getting your degree? Oh, so um, LVMH stands for Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy, and they own a lot of luxury fashion houses, which I absolutely love. I do love fashion. So it was kind of fashion and finance, which I just thought, whoa, dream. <laughs> um, so I am in charge specifically of the Celine UK, Celine Island, and then the LVMH Shared Service Centre account. Um, so I do work in the accounts payable department. Um, I am a purchase ledger clerk. I do make sure all suppliers are paid. I have done some work on procurement. Um, we do intercompany reconciliations between our accounts, the UK accounts and the France accounts, as it is a French company and their HQ is actually in France, which makes it um, really international and interesting as well. Um, yeah, so I would say that's a little description of what I do. Well, you, you've just made accounting sound more interesting in 30 seconds than any teacher I ever had. So, um, I hope yeah. so. <laughs> I, well, I hope I'm not watching it now that I've said that. But hey, it's out there. It's out there. Um, that, that sounds really interesting. And what you've done there then, so you study it kind of at university, you put it into practice in, in the workplace. Um, when it comes to that, that workplace then, are you just sitting at a desk all day? I mean, I know you've said you're working from home and you'll be heading down to London soon. Yeah. Um, are, are you just sitting at a desk all day doing spreadsheets? Is that is that what accountants do? Have I got it wrong? Oh, honestly, I, that's <laughs> what I thought as well. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love my spreadsheets, but I, I don't do that all day. Um, we are actually very lucky. We do a lot of store visits. So um, go to the Celine Selfridges or the Harrods stores. We like to keep good relationships with the store managers and make sure we're able to meet their needs and help them out with any um, petty cash because um, we kind of automated that process. So we did tutorials and we arranged store visits for that reason. Um, we really try and be proactive and help wherever we can. Um, we definitely also do a lot of meetings with HQ as well in France. Um, so it is a lot of communication, surprisingly. It's not just um, sitting in a corner on your own doing spreadsheets. But um, yeah, we've been able to assist in a procurement project with the HQ team um, and kind of help in picking the suppliers for the different brands. Um, so we have quite a lot of fashion houses. We have seven that we take care of um, and they can all use different suppliers. So just taking this procurement project as an example, um, it's been really interesting to have a go at kind of trying to 
pick the best suppliers and harmonize them across the group. Why have five suppliers for cleaning if you can have the same one and get a really good deal for the company? Um, it might not traditionally be a role of a AP person, but um, the role is definitely ever expanding. And I think a lot of places are as well. So it's really cool. Yeah, it doesn't sound like the kind of job that is a desk job either. It sounds like should uh, appropriate conditions come back in, in the, the physical environment, you, you'll be back out and about all over the place with, with your colleagues um, rather than an accountant just stares at a computer all day, uh, which I think is still a bit of a stigma behind it. Um, so that's really interesting to hear. So you're, you're having to use kind of different skills than I, I would presume rather obviously you've got maybe the natural ability or you've worked extremely hard to have those mathematical statistics skills what other skills do you need to be an accountant then or a purchase ledger clerk in, in your case um, I think you need really good attention to detail you have to be able to notice the little things I know it's probably a given but it makes such a big difference. It does not matter if um, it takes you a little bit longer to do something, but if you do it the first time correctly, that makes the world of difference. Of course, we all make mistakes, but if it's not a silly mistake, something that you just glanced over, um, then, you know, it does make a real big difference, I would say. Are you, if you don't mind me asking, are you one of the younger members of your team? Is, is it quite a mature team or is, is it quite a young industry where you're working? I mean, the, the fashion brands we presume are all young people. Um, is that the case or is it a real mixture uh, with the people you work with? I am actually the youngest. <laughs> I tend to be, though, wherever I start. But um, there, um, we do have one girl who is um just a year older than me actually I believe but everyone else um is older I would say um not old by any means but um compared to us I guess so but um it is more mature um throughout the office than excluding us too yeah yeah how do you get a job at LVMH how did you get that so early in your career because that sounds like something you would aspire to and, and hit maybe 10 years down the road did, did you know somebody there or was this a LinkedIn thing I mean how did you get that job it was an Indeed thing I saw it on Indeed I applied um, I honestly do think the reason that I was hired though was because of the VAT internship I did at Gap Mm -hmm. um, I think that made the world of difference and that's the reason I got hired. I did actually apply for the internship um, at LVMH. However, they called me back. They said, oh, we're so sorry that position has been filled, but we'd like to look at you for the permanent position. Um, I never in a million years would have applied for the permanent position. I'll be honest. I never would have thought I would be qualified enough. Um, so I guess you should just go for it sometimes, um, which I didn't because I did apply for the intern position. But yeah, I got lucky enough to um, manage to get that. Well, the importance of that placement year again. <laughs> it's, it feels like 10, 20 years down the line, you're going to go, I'm so glad I did that. You know, <laughs> that's. Uh, I still, I already am, honestly. That's brilliant. Yes. Yeah. Well, what great advice. I hope anybody watching and listening is going, placement year, right. I'm going to do one. <laughs> so, so I, I mean, as you're, you're early on in your career, then how important then is networking? I mean, you talked about um, interacting with different stakeholders there. You may be with LVMH for the rest of your career or for a long time or however long it takes. I mean, how important is, is networking and having your own kind of reputation in that industry? Because again, I think the presumption is that you're an accountant, as long as you can do numbers and spreadsheets, that's fine. Just hire us, you'll be fine. But how important is that kind of personal brand and reputation that you build for yourself 
I think it speaks volumes personally. Um, I do think that if people know of you or they only hear good opinions of you, you know, like she's a really hard worker or, you know, she might not be fully qualified yet, but she's very capable and always puts the time in. If people hear that kind of thing about you, then and from other people within their same circle um, who they also have a good opinion of, I think that really can help you in the biggest way. And it definitely does make your life a lot easier. I do honestly think having interpersonal skills is a massive thing. I know everyone always seems to think accountants are really antisocial and don't have friends and stuff like that. But it's the opposite. I think you have to be able to be really good at communication and making friends. Thank you for blowing all the misconceptions completely out of the water here. This this is great. I'm I'm trying to think. Well, that's the same bite for the advert. No, 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 no. That's the same bite. So I don't I don't know which one to choose now. So as you're a bit closer in age to to the students, uh, admittedly, I'm not 22. Um, what what's your view on on kind of like how you present yourself on social media? I mean, I I saw your um, interaction on LinkedIn. And, you know, you've got your very professional profile, you've graduated on there, you've got your graduation pictures, and you can go, wow, she's worked at Lloyds Bank, she's working for LVMH, she's studied here. Um, how important is your social media? And do you, do you really take care of what you're putting on there? I'll be honest, my first LinkedIn post was actually my graduation post. I have not posted anything else. Yeah. Um, I do think it's such an amazing tool. It's just um, kind of, I think, having the time to do it. But also, I feel like I'm not someone who uses social media a lot personally. Mm -hmm. I don't have Instagram. I don't have Facebook. Um, I know that sounds really weird, but I'm more of an in-person person, which I guess you can't be in the past two years. But um <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I definitely think social media is important because you can meet so many different people and it is important to present yourself in a good light. And that's what I do try to do on my LinkedIn. Yeah, it, well, it, it's nice to hear that you're, you're not using it all the time and uh, living your life through your Instagram and your filters and things like that, <laughs> so, which a lot of people do. And, and you know, it's just something I, I always, it's interesting to hear because obviously once it's out there it's out there isn't it on social media and having a graduation yeah. picture on LinkedIn is a great thing to have out there having things about nights out on Instagram uh, for a potential employer maybe not um, so <laughs> you've been working um, obviously from home the last year or so I presume if I'm getting my dates right your placement year at Gap would have been actually at their offices is that right? Yeah, so it was in Rugby, actually, um, yeah. so about 40 minutes from myself. Um, it was in the middle of nowhere, um, their head office was. Um, but yeah, it was a really, really good opportunity. And um, I absolutely loved the people there. Um, like no, no one I'd come across before. I don't think I'd ever really been in an office environment because Lloyds Bank was completely different. Um, it's more like sales and advisors but not really an office environment um but yeah I had a really good experience awesome and for your university we'll talk about you as you as we all get older and we move out of our families homes and things like that um did you st did you stay at home did you live at home while you were at university I did, did I went to the University of Birmingham so um it's literally probably 10 minutes from where I live so I definitely was not moving out um no <laughs> yeah well you've then. got one of the premier universities on your doorstep and you're like well I have to move away so, yeah but it's right there you know you, you'd literally <laughs> go past it every day wouldn't you when you when you're yeah. or whatever um so 
now you're making the move down to London then. Will you be relocating uh, and moving down to London? Because I know some for, for some students, when you're 17, 18, thinking that, oh my gosh, I've only got three years left at home, or I always want to work in the Midlands, or I want to go away. So you've done a bit of work, in, well, you've done a lot of working from home, as we all have. Um, mm. are, will you be relocating to London, or will you be commuting? Yeah, so um, actually during the time that I was on my placement, yeah, the six months I did at LVMH after GAP, um, I did move to London for those six months. So it's not the first time I've moved there, um, but I will be moving back um, in two weeks. However, I do only currently need to go into office three days a week. So I'll definitely be coming back if I'm honest, probably Thursdays or Fridays um, evenings just because I, I do really like spending time with my family and friends here too. So it kind of gives you the best of both worlds. Yeah. In your industry, is it tailored to London specifically? Is, is uh, of a majority of the jobs in the London area? I know I have a friend who's a graphic designer and he said he has to live in London. There is no real choice for him for what he wants to do. Is accounting and finance similar with head offices or is that changing a bit in the last year or so? I'll be honest, I do think when it comes to finance, um, there's so many more jobs in London than anywhere else. And the salaries are really good in London, but so is, I guess, the cost of London. That's high too. Um, I would say Birmingham's really good. It is the second city, I guess. But um, there's definitely some good opportunities out there. But the sheer amount of opportunities in London, I think... It, it does make it worthwhile trying to go for a little bit of time, even if not forever. Yeah, so so be prepared to relocate uh, <laughs> would be a major thing there. So, I mean, what advice would you give to people then who, who have to kind of move away for their job? I mean, are, are you, uh, without getting too personal about where you're going in London, are, are you, um, have you got contacts down there? Have you found your own place? Are you renting? Are you buying? I mean, what, what's, what advice would you give to people who think there's a job I really want to do, but I've got to move away from home? What would you say to those? I would definitely say if you do have any friends or family there, talk to them first. They can definitely tell you, oh, this is a good area or um, perhaps help you find a place. I am renting. Um, I would say it's really hard if you are going to London and you're, you don't have anyone that you know to share with. Um, if you are going to London, it would be great to kind of share with someone because London tends to be shared accommodation so um, it's great if you already know someone. But if you don't, don't worry, because that's just another time that you can make friends and you can meet some really great people. Um, I would just say really go for it, because at the end of the day, you can always come back. I think that's what you have to remember. When I first went, I felt like, oh, no, I can't come home on the weekends. I need to, you know, like properly do London. But actually, no, I did come back on the weekends and it's perfectly fine to do that. Yeah, you're only ever a couple of hours away, aren't you? Yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's an hour and a half, honestly. So, yeah, no big deal at all. So, um, well, no big deal. Moving to London and changing your entire life for a business. Yeah, no big deal. Um, so as we as we roll towards the end here, I think I might know what you're going to say to this last question, which I haven't prepped you for, but I'm going to throw it at you anyway. Um, so if you could go back to, say, 16, 17 year old Rebecca and give her some advice uh, that she would then take forward and maybe use as a mantra um, as, as she progressed through her, her career in a university, what advice would that be? Oh, gosh, I'm not too sure. 16 or 17. Mm. Um, 
Oh, I actually, I'm not sure at that age because I would, I would like to say, you know, ideal world, um, you know, Rebecca, 16-year-old Rebecca, make sure that you take, you know, your first and second year of your degree seriously. But I think, I think I did in a way, and it's also important to have, you know, your growing up experiences too. I, I don't think I can answer that question very well. I'm so sorry. That's all right. You're the first person I've stumped with it. But actually, no, you're not. There's been quite a few over the years. So, uh, no, that, that's really interesting, though, because going right back to the start of what we said, you've always had the interest in the accounting and finance. You've took those chances. You took the opportunities. You took the placement year. You've you've got the career started um, and you're obviously working your socks off to keep it going and keep it rolling and uh, exciting couple of weeks for when you get back down to London. So you're working from home for a bit and then you're heading down to London. And then what's next for Rebecca Ben? Have you got any plans further than the next few years? Do you do the five-year, 10-year plan that we, we often get told we have to do? Or are you just like, I'm just going to do what I'm doing and enjoy what I'm doing? I think um, five or 10 years would be very overwhelming to think about, but I definitely am considering possibly doing a master's at some point. I don't know if that will be in the next year or the next couple of years, but it's something that I'm looking into and I do find quite interesting. So possibly that. Mm, fantastic so exciting times ahead and uh, studious times ahead perhaps as well yeah. so, um well right well i'll tell you what as we as we get towards this 30 minute mark of this then i will uh, i'll uh, i'll say thank you and really appreciate you giving your time here stay on the line for just a second and we'll say uh, a proper goodbye in a minute uh, but your advice and insights in the accounting and finance world and, and how to get to where you are and be happy doing what you're doing because you certainly seem happy doing what you're doing um so thank you and uh, I'll see you again and uh, cheerio. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Really appreciate you sharing your career journey with us so far and also your journey through studying and especially the importance of that placement year. I hope a lot of people take that on because there's certainly something to be said when it's led to so many great opportunities and development chances for yourself. So thank you, Rebecca. Really appreciate it. And thank you to everybody else for watching, listening and sharing, subscribing and doing all those good things on YouTube and all your favorite podcasts platforms no doubt you'll see us all again here on talking business with danny pardo and until next time thank you very much and a cheerio thanks for listening to this episode of talking business with me danny pardo i hope the advice and insights in this episode make a difference to you your studies and your career you can find more by searching for pardo's business that's me by the way on google youtube and instagram I'm also at Pardo's Business on Twitter. If you like what you heard, please do take a moment to rate, review, share and subscribe to this podcast. It's all very much appreciated. We'll catch you again soon on the next episode of Talking Business with Danny Pardo. Thanks and cheerio!